0: Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out. Be heard. Influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says invest in your ability to successfully DIY. And joining me on today's show is Chantal Girardi. Now, after moving from the Gold Coast to South Africa 11 years ago, Chantal used Facebook to grow a successful business. She's got over 20 years of experience in the health and fitness industry. She's managed and owned others and, of course, her own centers as well in that industry. And she began to specialize in Facebook marketing about five years ago, and she now teaches teaches business owners how to get clients, how to create opportunities and grow their business using Facebook. So all things Facebook today and specifically how you can get fast results from Facebook, how to outsmart the algorithm and how to grow your fan page without paying for ads. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. It's interesting, and you probably get this a lot too, and tell that you talk to people and they'll either love Facebook or they hate Facebook, and sometimes they're kind of, you know, not really in between, so great to be diving in. What would you say is one of the biggest ahas that you um, see people having when you start to speak to them about, the money and the opportunities that they're leaving on the table because they're not leveraging Facebook to the fullest?
1: Um, I think mostly it's 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 just the lack of understanding. Uh, many people think that when they're on the platform, they think that they're using it correctly and they think that that's how it works and they think they're doing it right. And it's just because they don't really fully understand the full capabilities of the platform, how to use it, um, and how to use it in their business specifically, because it's not a cookie cutter thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things they may do is copy what other people are doing, or if they see, you know, someone else is doing a three day challenge, and then leading people into here and has a public group and a private group, and they go and they set all these things up, but they're not fully aware of how to use that particular system or funnel or strategy. Um, and it may not even be right for their business. For me, the biggest aha moment, I suppose, is when business just take a step back and go, well, hold on a sec, let's have a look at my business and how I can best position my business on Facebook in the simplest and most effective way. So, I don't have to do everything. I just need to do what's right for my business and it's going to get me a result.
0: Yeah, so, so powerful. And I think that's across any strategy or any tactic that we're using in our business. Sometimes we try and do all the things and we do nothing well or we're not looking at it through the lens of, well, what's my business? Who is my ideal client? Would you say that Facebook... Because of a lot of the changes that we, br- that it brings in, you obviously need to be very mindful about technology, the uses, the terms of service, all of that. But also let me t- ask you to share more about c- the consumer behavior because we need to be aware of, of what's going on in Facebook, the, the type of consumers that are, that are really congregating there. Have you noticed that changing particularly of what's going on in the world today? Yes, definitely. Um, Facebook use is actually up by 70%
1: at the moment. So, due to COVID and due to people uh, losing their jobs or having their jobs cut back and spending a lot more time at home, their use is actually up by 70%. Now, a while back, uh, Facebook said that uh, a lot of people said that Facebook may not stick around. So a lot of people didn't want to invest in their ability to understand it or to use it because they thought it was something that was just going to pass by. But we can look at Facebook and what they're doing and you can go, they are here to stay, they're a big player and they're not going anywhere. Um, for example, I don't know if you saw, but they launched this morning Facebook Shops, which now means that online shops can be embedded into the four platforms now owned by Facebook: so Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger. You know, so it's not going anywhere. Facebook is taking over absolutely everything, and with that, more people are coming across to it. So in the olden days, which was just mm. like yesterday, <laughs> people, would go, <laughs> people would go. You know, it was sort of an older demographic. It was, yes. but then Facebook went, and they integrated Facebook. Uh, uh, pages. So, that uh, story, story, Facebook story. So, when they integrated Facebook story, that brought in the younger demographic, the people mm-hmm. that like the pages and the stickers. So, Facebook is trying to monopolize and bring those customers in. So, now, in fact, there's actually a, a much wider range of users
0: using the platform. Yeah, that's interesting. And you mentioned a number of different things there, other platforms, you know, and and as we know, Facebook is also uh, owns Instagram. And so do you see that when uh, people are using an integrated strategy? So they're they're across a number of those platforms and they're leveraging the messenger, the groups, the pages. Um, you're finding better results or you obviously we're going to, to talk about some of those fast results, but using across and leveraging the platform and, and, and what it offers or specifically some of the the components of Facebook? Or does it depend on what business? Share a little bit about what you've seen. Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, Look, definitely if it's an e-commerce site, you want to be across all the – and simply be across everywhere because it's product-based. You're trying to sell products. Mm -hmm. uh, So going across all platforms and where your ideal client is is obviously important. Now, for for sort of business owners that are service-based business owners – um, if they're one-man bands or they small to medium-sized businesses with maybe one or two staff, the reality is is that they're not going to have the infrastructure or the time available to be, to be investing in multiple platforms. So what I encourage them to do is look where their ideal client is and then invest in that platform and get to know mm-hmm. it super well um, and use it to its full capabilities, follow your strategy on there, and by all means then start to diversify and go across to the others. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't have the other accounts. Still, you should have branding consistency across the other platforms uh, and you should be respecting those platforms, which a lot of people don't do. So, they go against the algorithm. Um, But I do believe that if you're a small business, then you really should just be investing in doing one thing and one thing Mm. well. And well is getting actual clients. Well is not just getting engagement.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, you can have, that's what I say to people, you can have, you know, thousands and tens of thousands, even millions of podcast downloads, but if they're not... you know, being nurtured into paying customers, why bother? So, I mean, it's important because if you're not getting any engagement, your content strategy may need a bit of an overhaul. (laughs) So, you mentioned that because that now that Facebook has integrated stories, they're bringing more of a demographic, a younger demographic, who would you say is currently really hanging out using Facebook as a platform? Can you kind of share a bit more about the demographics and what you're seeing? Uh, definitely more female users than male users just
1: because mm. females are more social <laughs> than men. Um, look, I would say it used to be sort of from 35 plus. However, now, as I said, because they are using things like the stories and now they've got marketplace, they really are attracting more younger people on. Um, mm. I would still say probably less of the under 25s. Mm. Um, so I would say probably 25 plus
0: yeah fantastic and by the way i know that we've got a number of different platforms that we're streaming live on if you have a question for Chantal and you'd love to ask that leave it in the comment below and i believe we're also now um uh, stri- uh, being able to incorporate linkedin comments too which is very exciting we haven't been able to do that so all right let's dive in Chantal. how can we get some fast results from Facebook? What are the things that we need to know? Awesome. Well, grab your pens and paper because uh, these are the eight fundamentals of
1: Facebook. And these are the eight things that, believe it or not, I believe that if you do not do these eight things, you will fail. So, when I work with a client, these are the first eight things that we will go through. um, And many of it actually doesn't involve using Facebook. So, um, but if you don't do them, your Facebook will fail. Mm. So, it's really super interesting. Got my notes here because I saw waffle. Um, so, number one is first knowing who you are and how you want to be seen online. And people go, mm, yeah, yeah, I just want to be online. But your safety, your privacy, your online presence, your reputation super important. So, maybe that's the South African me coming through, going to safety. Um, but you want to make sure that when you are on there that you have established your personal bra- uh, branding. You already have an awareness of how public or private you want to be and you know how to manage the platform to do that. So, that's my Number one, and number two is you have to know who your ideal client is. And most people go, everyone's my ideal client, but that's that's not entirely true. Uh, what we found in social media is that fluff doesn't work. So if you are general and you talk generally to everybody, um, and you posing a general solution to a general problem, you're less likely to get people to actually commit to what it is that you are offering. So we have to know that ideal client intimately uh, and even stalk them online so that we can understand some of their behaviours so we can develop a meaningful relationship with them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Jump in anytime you want. (laughs) Yeah, no, keep going. going. We've got eight (laughs) together. Sure. Um, So, number three is your branding. um, And we want consistency across all platforms, like I spoke about earlier. So, uh, you want branding consistency. And when we talk about that, we talk about colors and fonts, you know, and your images. But what I like to uh, bring to the table as well is your key messaging, meaning that your language uh, and your key messages, the the values or the things that you consist consistently passionate about or your mission statements need to be consistent as well so that you can start to develop a brand like McDonald's um, on Facebook so that you can be memorable. So, you're not chopping and changing all the time, but there is consistency. Uh, number four, then, is your comp- your competition. So um, what I recommend everyone to do, and this is one of the most underutilized strategies, and it's free, uh, jump on and go and find people who are doing what it is that you are doing or are hoping to do stalk them, have a look at their key messaging, have a look at their branding, look at their services, their pricing, their offers, look at their content, their reviews, uh, the type of engagement that they get, their call to actions, track their customer journeys. Um, And we're doing this not so that we can uh, copy them. (laughs) We're doing it so that we can learn and we can help differentiate ourselves online from what it is that they are doing. Uh, number five, then, is to actually have a strategy. So, starting with the end in mind, going, what am I hoping to achieve? And it has to be a financial value at the end, else all that time that you're spending on there is resulting in nothing. So, oh, wow. what are you hoping to achieve? How many clients per day, per month? How many products? What value is that? Where are those clients? How are we going to get them to buy that? How many do we need to sell? So we actually need to have kind of like a little business strategy and a social media plan um, to be able to execute it. And as I said, it starts with the end in mind, whereas a lot of people go in and they start with the front and they just go, here, buy from me, and they just spit it all out over Facebook. Yeah. Um, We're on number six. Number six is the R's, review and respond. So... um, a lot of the time people go and they post and they, they write things on there, but they don't respond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing about it is that we are developing these relationships and people don't just give you their money. They want trust first and they want to mm-hmm. like you first and they want to be certain that this is for them. So, when you ignore them, it's like going on a date and just not talking to yeah. someone, not answering They're their question. face. <laughs> You know, chances are you're not going to get a second date, so you might want to respond because often leads are left at the table because of that. But the Mm. other R is review, meaning that at the end of each week, you should be reviewing your strategy and going, is this Mm. working? Is it not working? What is working? Why is it working? You know, who's engaging? Who's not engaging? And you can do that by obviously looking at your insights. Mm. But then going and making some of those changes so that we can Have a look at our ideal clients and have a look at our strategy. Is it working and what can we do to make it better? Mm -hmm. Um, And number seven is being able to get them the hell of Facebook. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, as much as I love Facebook, you know, we have to be sensible here. Facebook's trying to keep everything in Facebook and they've shown us that by having appointment systems and now they're trying to take money through Facebook. Mm -hmm. They don't want us using extra outside platforms. However, the one rule for a business owner for Facebook is actually to catch somebody's email address Mm. so to catch a prospect's email address somebody who actually is potentially interested in what you're offering your ideal client it's to attract it's to get their email address. So that is our goal. So that way we can nurture them off of Facebook. So if Facebook does blow up, you still have access to them, you can still nurture them and you can still touch them through other ways, through Mm -hmm. other platforms and other ways. And the last one, number eight, is to have a professional profile. And this is your personal profile as well as your business page. Because just like you're going on Facebook and stalking your competitors uh, and stalking your ideal clients, guess what? They're doing the same thing to you. They're mm-hmm. having a look at your professionalism. They're having a look at your images, your content, your photos. Um, and, you know, if you don't have it set up that in your, on your personal profile that, you, you know, this is your business, then it looks a little bit dodgy, you know. And it's just putting that, <laughs> that uncertainty in people so they're less likely to commit to you. So yeah. have a professional profile that you feel safe using
0: yeah those are uh, all of those eight are fantastic and I, I love the um, number six I've written no let's have a look I love all of them but the fifth one strategy have the end of mind that's something that I'll always say to people even with a podcast all of those are very important would you say out of all of those eight where most do you find people going, yeah, I've got all those things in place, but actually they haven't. (laughs) Are any of those the standouts for you when you're speaking with people or is it kind of across the board? Um, I would say the
1: professional profile. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people don't even own their Facebook pages. (sighs) And they don't know. They do not know that they do not own their pages. I get more inquiries because only when they sell or buy uh, a business and they come to me and they go, right, we're now trying to transfer it over. They just make themselves an admin. However, they don't actually have ownership of the page mm-hmm. and there's that misunderstanding around it because they got their next-door neighbour to set it up for them or they got their website designer to set up for them. Yeah, and they've yeah. set it, those people have set it up under their name and then mm-hmm. just given them admin rights. And that's not the same as owning their page. Mm-hmm. And it causes major issues down the line and the page could, in fact, actually be
0: deleted and everything lost. Yeah. Wow, wow. And so share a little bit more about that, about, you know, if someone's just an admin and they own the page, but I've heard also too that it's always good to have a second admin <laughs> (laughs) so that if you do get locked out, you've got the ability to still be able to get in and not locked out of your own page. Yeah, definitely. I
1: mean, part of your crisis management plan or reputation management plan would be to have a few admins on on your page, making sure that if you were trolled or say you go on holiday or even if you're sleeping or you're not checking your Facebook, there is another pair of eyes on there. Um, However, the owner of that page is the one who actually has ownership of yes. that page so unless that that is being transferred across they still have it what they often do is they will give admin rights to the other person and then they'll remove themselves but they actually haven't
0: transferred the ownership across to yeah. that person so what what has to happen to transfer ownership but just for those people who are freaking out and thinking <laughs> i did get my neighbor or the neighbor that was there you know several years ago what, what do they have to do well here's the this is the horrible thing. most
1: people think that they set it up themselves and they've forgotten how many years ago it was that they did it because when they come to me we actually don't know who did it um, and that's been a huge issue trying to track who that person is. Uh, we had a real estate company who had their niece in in uh, the UK set it up. And she just removed herself and didn't actually make the other person admin and she lost the page. So mm. it has to happen inside the business manager account, which is a little mm. bit techy. You do have to yeah. track who that person is that has that page. Yeah. Um, and the thing about Facebook is they have tightened up on their privacy settings. They've mm. tightened up on their safety. So when they start to see dodgy stuff happening, they're mm. now going to start asking you for proof of ownership. And they actually want you to submit your name of your business. And if you don't have that, if that name doesn't match that name, they'll just go something dodgy and delete it. Wow. Um, so, and this is why when you asked me to choose out of all the eight, I was like, that's That's the the one one that would be, that would, yeah, all the other
0: ones can be tweaked. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but if you don't have
0: ownership, and and as we know, I mean, this is a third-party platform. Facebook gets to say whether or not we do business on that page. And, you know, we can um and ah and, and all of that kind of thing negatively at Facebook about putting this security on, but I think that's great because it means that if someone is trying to hack into my account, these safety measures are in place to ensure that no one takes over. Because if you spend a lot of time and energy and even money to build up that page, to build... that brand equity on there, you don't want that to be snatched um, because someone's hacked into your account. Let's talk all things algorithm, that dirty A-word that so many people hate. And you obviously love. What do we need to know about Facebook algorithm. I love the
1: algorithm because if you if you look after the algorithm and if you understand how it works and you tickle Facebook's boxes, guess what? That algorithm is going to work for you. And we can quite easily, I say, outsmart it because that's what everybody asks or wants to do is outsmart the algorithm. But really, we can train that algorithm to work for us. Um, and it's not that hard. It's just understanding it. So the first thing is, is just like I said, we need to be stalking and we need to be stalkable. Facebook is the biggest stalker out there. They, The only way that they can determine what goes onto your news feed is by what you input into your personal profile, how you set up your business page, and the type of content you put across Facebook, and then the things that you engage in. So, the things that you like, comment, and share. Facebook is stalking you. Its algorithm is stalking you. And it is building an avatar of you to know what it is that you like and you're into so it can show you sell us stuff because that's how it works and that's how the algorithm works so the algorithm has to predict what to put onto onto our news feed so the thing is is that if we correctly set up our personal profiles and if we correctly set up our business pages and when I say correctly I mean correctly because <laughs> um, a lot of people haven't and then on top of it we put the right content on it and then we go and engage in our ideal clients well Facebook now straight away knows what we're into and suddenly what happens is all that information and all the relevant stuff that you're interested in will start to appear on your news feed so that now it is now in front of you. But guess what? It is now also in front of your ideal client because if they are showing interest in what you're doing uh, and and they showing interest in your content and they're engaging in your Comment like engaging with your comments or uh, t- clicking, going to your events or sharing your content. Facebook goes, this person really is interested in what it is you got, what you're doing. I'm going to show them more of your stuff, and you don't mm-hmm. have to pay for that. So the algorithm's pretty cool. Yeah, um, we've just got to do things properly, and we've just got to tick Facebook's
0: boxes. Yeah, yeah. Chantelle, I'm just going to um, introduce some some comments that have been going here. Awesome. VS Podcast Station, you are welcome. And Marnie, uh, good stuff, ladies. Thank you, Marnie, for, for joining us. And of course, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, get over on LinkedIn or Facebook. We're talking Facebook again, of course, today or across some of the other social platforms when we go live and you're able to participate. With the algorithm then, I'd imagine that... There, there are often things that we, we, we start to do, but what you've just said, we need to consistently do that, can't we? Don't we? We don't just do it one month or start doing it and then just let it drop off because Facebook, as you said, is always stalking what we're doing and sharing, yes? Yes. So, we do
1: it consistent consistently for two reasons. We do it consistently for Facebook so that we train and we keep that algorithm uh, putting us in front of the right people. Mm. But we consistently do it as well, because we don't always we're not always in front of our ideal client. People always think that if they post three times a day that one person is going to see all three posts, and that's not how it works. So we mm. have to be consistent on the platform uh, so that we can be in front of more people and increase the possibility of reaching more of the right people and It's yeah. not about just putting rubbish out there Um, it's not about that it's being just consistent and as I said with our key messaging with our branding uh, Mm. with with sharing value uh, but at the end of the day also letting people know that actually we we are available to take appointments or we do have a program to Mm. sell Uh, because a lot of people actually struggle with that social versus
0: salesy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you're saying, um, you know, kind of showing up regularly and providing quality content, if there's no real consistency as far as engagement is concerned, even though you may be putting out quality content that you know your ideal client um, would find valuable, they may not see it because it's not showing up on their feed. So if someone is at the stage where they know their stuff, they know that it's valuable, but they have not quite yet gotten that algorithm to click over, what would you say would be a really great place to start? Check out the insights to see what, you know, their current page, their members, their followers, their fans, whatever you want to call them, have engaged with or what's a great place to start to get that algorithm moving? Yeah, 100%. I think the first thing to do is definitely to have a look at the
1: insights and then review why you are where you mm-hmm. are. Um, you know, have you bought your likes? Have you taken mm-hmm. over a page and from somebody else and those people on the page have been dormant for a long time? Uh, it's very hard to re-engage them or to get them up and running. It's the same with Facebook groups. Sometimes it is, in fact, better to start again, um, mm-hmm. but have a plan when you start because people start and they leave it but you really need to have a plan and a strategy and then start and then execute that plan um, so that it's not the stop, start the whole time. Mm-hmm. But the second thing would be to go in and check and make sure that your page is set up correctly. And as I said, this is a difficult one because most people think that they have done it correctly. Um, and many times they might be in the wrong category. Um, they may yeah maybe in the wrong category. They may not have their call to action button set up correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not have the right autoresponders in place. Uh, And those are all things that would actually stop inquiries from coming through. So you'd have to evaluate as why inquiries aren't coming through. Then looking at your content and going, okay, I'm giving lots of value, uh, but also have you included you like, have you included mm-hmm. you on your page? Because if you are, um, if you are a service provider, especially with service p- providers, and you are the person who's directly going to be coaching or working with that person, because it's a social platform, you need to show up on your page occasionally, and mm-hmm. uh, you need to share your story, and you need to engage with your audience um so those are things you can do on your facebook page but the next thing that that you have to consider as part of your ongoing strategy is one attract people to your page and have it set up properly but the second thing is taking that content on your page and taking your business and now finding your ideal client and putting it in front of them and Mm -hmm. that is another part of the strategy which is super important that a lot of people neglect or don't do Mm -hmm. Um, and in in fact when they get social media managers in place the social media managers will go on and they'll do content but there's no growth strategy how am I going to grow that page how am I going to go take that page put in front of more the right people and then pull them across to where I am and then nurture Mm -hmm.
0: them yeah Um, yeah so we and have to a
1: strategy okay. to do that.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's what you want and you're going to talk a little bit about how to grow that page without paying for ads. And and just speak about we were speaking about content development and sharing which is great. So, we obviously have text posts where we're writing text, we have graphic posts, so you know like a quote, a graphic, we can do a combination of those. And now of course we can have video which we can upload, and we can now have lives to be able to show up live. Would you say a combination of those is good? Or do you see that, you know, a, a quote and a, and a text post? What's what sort of working well or a combination, as I said? Sure, great question. Um, so, what I find is that the business
1: owner does need to be true to themselves and where what, what makes them happy. Some people are great writers, so they, they feel more comfortable writing and providing good quality written content. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good for them to stay in that zone because that's what they're passionate about and that they'll be best delivered that way. If somebody's not good at lives and they're not comfortable doing a Facebook live, that's mm-hmm. perfectly okay. You can still do video content without having to show yourself. And there are ways to do that as well. People, sh- uh, business owners don't need to be forced into one particular area because what I find is that business owners are less likely to follow the strategy if it is not, if it's not something that they enjoy doing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so um, yes video content work yes lives work but all of us have seen somebody do a really terrible live Mm. and a
0: really terrible live can actually ruin your Tarnished reputation Absolutely. And
1: tarnish your page <laughs> yeah, don't
0: do lives if you like really really frightened of doing it i love the way that you've um, just reconfirmed do what what you feel comfortable with and then once that's working you can start to integrate other things share a little bit well, what's these watch parties i mean how do we use them leverage them do they are they making an impact what's going on there with the watch parties Sure. So,
1: whenever Facebook does something, I always go, why? What's in it for Facebook? That's Mm. my question. (laughs) Because uh, Facebook does things not for us, believe it or not. It normally does things for them. (laughs) So, the reason I believe that they've created Watch Party is because people stopped clicking on Facebook Lives. So in the early days when Lives was a trend, if you saw a live come through, everybody would click on. Now people see a live come through and they go, ah, oh, they're live again, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's so There's many another crappy through. live.
0: <laughs> Unless, of course, you're watching this one. This is full of great <laughs> content and insights. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so what happens is, so they click on the Lives became less. Now that's going to be an issue for them because eventually they, what they hope is people are going to pay to boost to be able to get money because Facebook's a business, okay? They want they want money for ads. So the thing about Watch Party is that you can do that Facebook Live. So, for example, I was at an expo. I was driving back from the expo. I was part of a summit. had to stop on the side of the road and do a Facebook Live because uh, that was my speaking time to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And it was a Saturday midday. So the engagement, the live what didn't do that great because it was midday mm-hmm. on a Saturday. What I did is I came home. Grab my glass of wine, sat down in the evening. Then you can go onto Facebook and you can create a watch party. So Mm -hmm. basically, I can sit and watch my live and watch people coming into that live as well. So I can either individually invite people to watch that movie with me Mm -hmm. or I can just put it in a group if the administrator is happy with that because we always must respect the administrators of groups. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I can go and put it, like say it was two or three weeks ago, I can now bring that live back into my page create a watch party and say hey guys watch this with me and yes it's from the other day but you can watch it with me and ask questions i'm here to answer those questions for you now
0: right yes
1: it's a way of repurposing that video content Mm -hmm. um, at a different time and in different areas or places
0: yes but what i like and i didn't realize about those watch parties was the fact that you can also comment again because i thought otherwise it's just resharing it but if you're and, and Getting the engagement and allowing people to be able to to ask questions and you can respond. I can see that there's real value because people are really using that that watch party um, a lot as well, which is interesting, which is interesting. All right, I know that people are sitting with pens poised. How can they grow their fan page without paying for ads? Okay, this is a really good one.
1: Um, So, what you know, part of my mission statement is I help people to get clients create. Income-producing opportunities um, and grow their business. And um, and one of the strategies here with is that creating the opportunities. The example today is myself sitting here with the lovely Anne Marie. This over here is a collaboration between two people, meaning that I'm in front of her audience and she's in front of my audience. And that is one way that you can, without paying for ads, create an opportunity to grow your profile. Because we potentially have the same clients, uh, the same client avatar, however, we're not in competition with one another. So, we can mm-hmm. support each other online, share content and value, and now be in front of each other's audience. So, it's a great opportunity and one thing that, that people underutilize. Now, the only way that this works, obviously, is by making sure that you have your business name there, like I've got Chantel Girardi, Facebook strategist, and making sure that at the end or even during that you send people across to your page to check it out or to make an inquiry or to send you a message because mm-hmm. we have to, it's that call to action which is vitally important. And that's probably number two for growing your fan page is that many people will post valuable content but then they don't do a call to action at the end now a call to action doesn't need to be a hard sell you can you know sell and post an offer every now and then but a call to action could be something like do you have any questions what are your thoughts on this Mm. um uh have you found this to work in your business so just Having those call to actions at the end makes people take action to engage so that now if they're engaging, they're now going to be in front of your audience because of that algorithm and how that algorithm works. So that call to action is super, 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 super important. Mm. The third thing you can do is, um, is you can invite your personal friends on your personal profile to like your page. So if you're on a desktop and you scroll down on the right-hand side, there's a little button there that says "Invite your friends," and you can click on that, and it'll say to you that this is these are your friends on your personal profile. Who would you like to invite to like your Facebook page? Mm-hmm. Now again, because we're trying to train the algorithm, for example, if you are Gold Coast, a Gold Coast-based business, a service-based business, and yet your family is living in America it's not really you wouldn't go in and tick america mm-hmm. because now your audience is now you're now sending people away rather towards you so mm-hmm. going in and picking key people who you think would be valuable in your algorithm on your friends list to do it so one of the things you'll see people doing is going oh facebook's got this new thing go into community and get or invite people to like your page but if they're not your audience what we're really doing is messing with that algorithm so yeah.
0: Yeah, yes. because what I think what people don't realize is, is, is similarly to the strategy that you mentioned. Well, it's not really a strategy. It's, it will ruin your algorithm buying likes. So you might have, we'll just say for the, the case and purpose of this example, a thousand likes. But if 800 of those likes have been purchased and they're not your ideal client and they're not going to ever engage, As you continue to share, Facebook's algorithm will go, well, the content that you're posting, no one's engaging with it, so obviously it's low quality. We're not going to share that to other people. That's what happens when we invite uh, other people. We're not really following a strategy, yes?
1: Yeah, 100%. And unfortunately, um, I've caught out a lot of agencies who have, uh, when a, a client has brought me on board, to have a look at their insights. We've gone into their insights and all the engagement and everything is coming from the Philippines uh, and not from here. Uh, yeah. This happened to a travel agency in Southport on the Gold Coast. Uh, they kept saying, Yeah, we've got engagement, we've got leads. But when we went in and had a look, they were actually getting outside people to do it. Um, and also these pods. I don't know if you've heard of pods. People mm-hmm. get together pods where everybody likes and engages in each other's stuff. For me, I understand why they're doing it, but if they're not the right people, again, we're messing with that algorithm. What mm. I prefer to do, and this is, I think it's number four now, is the um, is to create cheerleaders. Now, cheerle- cheerleaders happen anyway. So, for example, right now, we are each other's cheerleaders. We've met online. We're at cheerleaders. I love what you do. You love what I do. And if anybody's asking for podcast help, I'm going to go in and I'm going to tag you in that post. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that is a genuine, meaningful referral that happens. Yeah. Um, And we need to be able to do those ourselves, know how to find them, and then also know how to reply to those and convert Mm. those. Yes. Um, That's a great way, again, to grow your fan
0: page is to have cheerleaders online. Yeah, fantastic. I love that StreamYard is now allowing um, LinkedIn comments. It's so exciting. So, Fred Gillen, thank you for sharing this question. Fantastic. Which is better to promote, your profile, your page, or your group? Great, great question, Fred.
1: <laughs> great question, Fred. Thank you so much. Uh, look, it does depend on the business And it does depend on the overall intention and then the strategy. Like we said earlier, you don't want to be doing everything. I get inquiries that come through my personal profile. I get inquiries that come through my page. I get inquiries that come through groups. So it does depend on your overall strategy. Uh, If it's all overwhelming for you, just have a simple strategy. You don't need to have it all. If you just want to focus on growing your page, then do that and do it well. And if you want to keep your personal profile more private, by all means, go and do that. But there are many people that are using their personal profile and quite effectively to generate or generate clients and leads or even to evoke inquiries coming through. Um, Mm -hmm. What you don't need to do is go and set up a thousand different groups and just be funneling people because it seems to be a thing that people do on Facebook where they take people from a page and then put them in a group and then from the group try and get them to another group and then back to the page
0: and then off to the website (laughs) and it's like it's too hard. (laughs) What I did this is last year, Chantelle. I listed all of the what I call digital assets, the the platforms, and I listed them down. And as I looked at them, I asked myself, "What feeling do I get when I look at it?" If it was a uh, I'm just not going to hang out there. And I actually amalgamated yeah. two of the groups, and because they're both the same people, it was just one was focused more on podcasts, and the other was more on change makers. But they're the same people because many of them want to have a podcast. And so that's where we really look at what are all of these different groups and things? Why am I creating them and can I bring them together and really serve them well? Because when we serve them well, and this is everything that you were saying, provide quality content, bring your own story in there. Do, you know, if you're happy to do lives or a pre-recorded video, whatever it is, continue to do that. And that's going to nurture those relationships and you're going to be the person that people reach out to when they're ready to make that decision, yes?
1: Yeah. And when you do, um, whenever someone comes to me and they go, I've got all these groups and da-da-da-da, my first question is to them is, do you make any money from any of this? Yes. <laughs> and I always get a no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what's the point of the group? So, um, they probably not enjoying being there. You're not enjoying doing it. It's not a meaningful thing. So step out of it, step back, come up with a strategy of how, of how this is actually going to work, meaning how mm-hmm. you're going to actually get inquiries, set up your group properly with clear descriptions of what the intention is for yourself and what mm. the intention is for the person or their responsibility when they come in. And when those have been defined from the beginning, the group, because people actually love rules, believe it or not, that mm. it, it gives them something to hold on. It gives them boundaries and it gives them an understanding. But when people put people into groups and there is no clear guidelines and people go, I don't even know why I'm here. This is just mm. like a place to dump your info. Then that's what people will do. Uh, yes. It'll become spammy, and it won't become a meaningful, uh, meaningful way for you to develop relationships.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Kim. Simon, thanks for some great insights to tune into on my way to work, ladies. You are so welcome, Kim. Oh, Chantelle, we could probably keep talking forever. They're so, and I'm sure from what you've shared, it's so valuable. You've really only scratched the surface, and information is is great. But as you said early on, it really depends too on your business what your outcome is and we 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 said already start with the end in mind so for people who realize you know what the things that chantelle has been saying i think i've only really um gotten one or two of those things in place what's the best way for them to reach out and connect with you um i'd love it if they jump onto my website and
1: subscribe because each week we send out you know podcast interviews we send out free training resources um, and there is also an opportunity to book a one-to-one call with me to find out how I can better help you in your business. Uh, so my website is
0: au. Mm, fantastic. Yes. I mean, Facebook, as we said um, earlier when we started, you know, you either hate it or you love it. But when you do it well, you're really building relationships. And I think that's what it's all about. We have to have that mindset shift of these are people who are on this platform. And if I'm able to create a level of engagement and real quality content and serve, whatever we do is going to work because people will want to hang out but they'll want to stalk us. And if we've got that right call to action in place they will when they're ready take that next step so chantelle thanks again for sharing your brilliance um loved it loved it and uh, thank you for coming on the show thank you so much you've been listening to industry thought leader podcast brought to you by industry thought leader academy stand out be heard influence Want to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry? Access our free five-day money, marketing, and mindset boost masterclass. Go to www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. That's industrythoughtleaderacademycom forward slash masterclass.